The mouth of the cave was shaped like a mouth. It was more like a hole than a cave, something that would need to be entered vertically. A was glad he had brought the rope. He tied it to the base of a sycamore ten feet from the cave entrance and dropped the free end into the yawning maw. T and A looked at each other. Rochambeau, they said at the same time, as if invoking the name of some mystical benefactor to guide this journey. Rock, paper, scissors. A won the first round, T the second. On the third, T fainted like he was going scissors. Something in his eyes gleamed, and his hand morphed into the middle finger. You dick, A whispered. He grabbed the rope, took one last look toward the sunlit treetops, and descended. To Here's My Number, So Call Me Ishmael, the podcast formerly known as Paranormal Activia Yogurt. It's a cultural <laughs> quiz show and so much more. I'm Tony and I'm here with Austin. Hello, Austin. That was. That was literature. Mm. Hey, uh, I've, I've had a lot of time to think about that, that article that we went through last yeah. week. Yeah. Do you think Paranormal Activia was a sequel to Halloween? They both <laughs> they both starred Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> yeah, it was it was part of the Jamie Lee Curtis creepy movies trilogy. <laughs> the canon. Yeah. The, sec- the second one was not as well received, but it spawned lots of spin-off yeah. commercials. <laughs> uh yeah, Austin, I I I'm really excited about that uh that little snippet from our story that that you just read, uh, we we are continuing our theme from last week, which is which is our our joint writing of a paranormal romance story using advice from WikiHow. And Austin, can you can you just give a very quick overview of? I know you were taking really good notes last week, so I want you to just give a very quick overview of what we talked about last week just to, to motivate the, the, what we're going to wrap up today. Yeah, and first a word uh, to the people who told us we couldn't come up with a specific podcast niche um, <laughs> because, it's, because it's all been done. Well, here you go. The, to, a word to the haters, to the, to yeah. the doubters. Ugh. We're here. We're here. We're, we're out we're, here. We're, we're making a podcast about paranormal romance, writing paranormal romance using the Kyle articles. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> um, okay, so um, I'm going to do a quick rundown of the notes. Please we do. heard this last week, uh, but they're quick because I didn't take many. <laughs> um, so uh, we came up with the idea of two grad students, chemistry students, um, at an unnamed Midwestern school. IU, maybe, because I know they have caves around there. But I'm sure lots of places that I haven't been also have caves. I have a note here that says take notes all the time, and that's when it starts picking up. Our names are T and A. We're amazed we hadn't thought of that before. Yeah. 
we uh, we were exploring a cave, kind of broing out, you know, just exploring our our town, and we uh, we found this moss that looked similar to, I guess, something we had seen before that we knew had psychedelic effects. <laughs> so we took it and we tried to synthesize it into uh, an easily ingestible pill form, and then we we discovered that the pill had some side effects when we started testing it, it would take inner beauty and outer beauty and switch them (gasps) around. So it didn't do much during animal trials. Yeah. There was no net change, but when we tried it ourselves, just, just, okay. We got to pause on that. Uh, I don't know if I agree to that. Are you, are you suggesting that all animals look exactly how they like emotionally are on the inside? Oh, maybe not. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe just rats, though. Like cute. Like rats are rats are kind of cute, kind of creepy. Oh, I would yeah, think and that... emotionally. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually like that twist. That because rats sort of look how you might expect them to be on the inside, sort of a mix of of cute and creep. I like that actually. That's a good twist. Oh, thank you. Um, just thought of it. Um, <laughs> So, so the idea is that once we figure this out, maybe it only affects us slightly, you know, Mm -hmm. um, maybe we, we end up being pretty even keel people, but when we give it to certain friends, there are some interesting switches that maybe we didn't realize before. And then our kind of alternate idea was that this was just an ugly world. Um, and so... Like the beautiful people stood out a lot more than they would otherwise in a normal in a in a normal world in our world. Yeah, yeah. We the the advice from WikiHow was that if we base people on reality, they should be unrecognizable. So we suggested that everyone was uh, mangled. Their appearance was mangled in some way as to make. Them oh yeah, they're all based off people we know, but it's just hideous versions exactly. spelled with different letters exactly (laughs) crystal with a c is now spelled with a k yeah and only has half of her face yeah exactly i don't think i know any crystals i i know some like i know some gemstones like i know crystals in that context but i don't know any humans named sure i think you're gonna say you know some humans named after other gemstones (laughs) ruby went to high school with someone named jade does that count? Yeah, that counts. Okay. Well, yeah, no, that counts. Okay. My friend Ben used to have a dog named Ruby. Does that count? That counts. Okay. There's uh, Sapphire. We remember her from her best-selling novel, Push, by Sapphire. Mm-hmm. Was, that a, was that the title of the book, or was that... Is it Push by Sapphire by Sapphire? <laughs> <laughs> or is it... Push, colon... The Sapphire Story by Sapphire. Author, Sapphire. <laughs> push by Sapphire. By Sapphire, author of Push. <laughs> by Sapphire. <laughs> I think Opal would be a good name Opal for a, be, Opal a child. Opal would be a very nice name. I think that's... Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what Opals look like, but I assume they're beautiful. And, yeah. and so it would be a great name for a beautiful child. Well, so... They don't belong in our world. <laughs> they're, they're precluded from our universe <laughs> categorically, but for maybe a real world child could be named Opal. We should get right down to the nitty gritty because you have 
important places to be. And I think a nice little slice of life story from the hosts of this podcast would be for you to tell the listening audience where it is you need to rush off to when we're done recording this. <laughs> to tell them um, how I make my actual money because it's, exactly. it's really not from this show. Yeah. This is sort of a, uh, a sympathy bid because of <laughs> So, so that we could start making money off this dang yeah. podcast so you can Fire. stop, Fire <laughs> stop buttons, selling your, the truth of your life. <laughs> I need those buttons to be <laughs> sold so I can buy cereal. Um, no, I, uh, yesterday I got a call about joining a focus group, market research. I believe it is for Target based on the amount of Target questions there were in the screening interview. <laughs> um or maybe they just meant I was the target audience. I don't know. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm going up to the 33rd floor of the Hancock Building in Chicago, and I'm going to talk about uh, my shopping habits for an hour. Okay. Yeah, and it measures out to about uh, 125 bucks for an hour of <sighs> of talking to people in my cohort about where I do my shopping. Nice. It's a good gig, and it's a. Uh, yeah, it's nice that I have mornings free sometimes with my my actual job, so I can do these little diversions. Do you think you'll get paid more if you say nice things about Target? I think they'll see right through it. Okay, maybe um, try to subtly work it in. When I go shopping, I just uh, you know I wish I could really nail it. I wish I could be right on uh, you know I wish I could be right on something. <laughs> <laughs> Stay on target. <laughs> They always preface these studies where the moderator says, hey, I'm not paid by Target, I'm paid by a third party. But you know those Target goons are behind that that one-way mirror. Exactly. Just lasers trained mm-hmm. on your neck. Lead, lead pipes with the Target logo on them. Yeah, and I want them to say, like, I like this guy. <laughs> you know, he's honest. Make sure, make sure nothing bad happens to him. Yeah, he... Uh, doesn't like Target, whatever. We'll get him to like Target our way. I'm just, I'm um, just paid to be here. You know, it's not, it's not personal. It's business. Cool. Well, cool. let's launch back into our story. Um, I'm so, so ready. The last, the last little bit of advice that we got was we, you know, we were, we were looking up superpowers and and we gave ourselves superpowers and we were talking about characters and and the next piece of advice on this WikiHow article: write paranormal romance is use cliches, but make them unique. Mm. So, like, every cloud has a silver lining, but maybe... But maybe every clown has a silver lining. Maybe every... Yeah, every clown has a silver lining. So it's sort of a... It's like an homage to it a little bit, but Pennywise just is is encased in silver. Pennywise is a just exorbitant spender. Oh, when, when he goes as a target. I see. Okay. You're already you're, you're practicing. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of yeah. flip around the name. Yeah. So every clown has a silver lining. So it's it's not a literal, not a literal, not gilded with silver. But every every clown is is a big spender. Maybe uh, one of us is alone in our house, and um, there is a ghost, but it's a it's a deceased member of Band of Horses. <laughs> yeah, that could be. So it's kind of like a yeah. When I live alone, <laughs> is it a ghost in my house? 
do you think do you think is that do you think is there a ghost is a sequel to funeral <laughs> i never realized how tightly connected their singles yeah, were their whole, but... their whole discography is like that it's a it's like one really long concept story <laughs> which is uh pretty impressive for a bunch of horses <laughs> Yeah, maybe with. maybe our twist on on cliches is all of them are literal. Like every cloud has a silver lining. Like they literally like the clouds in the sky have silver lining them. Yeah, there's some old grizzled prospectors up there trying to chip away at the clouds. Band of forces are you know it's it's, it's raining cats and dogs. There are literally cats and dogs <laughs> falling from the sky. That would fit in neatly with the the magical realism feel that we're trying to cultivate. Yeah, maybe we just take it in a wacky direction, <laughs> and the beans just yeah cause cliches to turn into kind of literal phenomenon. The phenomenons is that a plural word? I I believe it's it's phenomenai. <laughs> phenomena. I think it's phenomena. Phenomen. Phenomen. Phenomenopodies. Phenomenon obstacles. Uh, I want to pause for a second to explain why the joke phenomenopodies is really funny. Okay. So octopus is a word that people often have trouble pluralizing. And that's because it ends with U.S. in the same way that a lot of Latin words do, but it actually is a Greek word root. And mm. so the the true like Greek pluralization would be octopodes or octo- octopodes or whatever that is. Oh, so what I was doing is I was taking that and repurposing it into a joke about the word phenomenon. Do you, do you think that that was a, a good joke? Yeah, I th- let's talk about it in post. Okay. Um. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to blow up your spot in front of everyone. Yeah, and you know I maybe I'm maybe I won't blow up your spot. Maybe I'll just. <laughs> Pay on the back, but sure. let's, let's, yeah, let's let's leave it private. <laughs> good, good. And actually, you know, actually, you know, it's interesting you bring up clowns because clowns would be a very interesting group of people to give this appearance inverting bean to. Oh, because indeed. they're very silly on the outside, right? Or you know, to some people, very horrifying. Exactly. And when you get a clown, okay. Cliche, we're talking about cliches. Hit me. Say you give a bean to John Wayne Gacy Jr. Uh, while he's dressed as his clown alter ego. <gasps> what, Pogo? Is Pogo the clown? Is that, was that his name? I think so, yeah. You know, he's already a horrifying clown, but his heart is... is it's true. It's even darker, even worse, even, even more corrupt. Even darker. So what would happen to him? Would uh, Yeah, an already unpleasant-looking man would be made revolting. A dog. <laughs> Hideous. Although I dislike the association with dogs because uh, I find dogs to be very pleasant creatures. So. Dog, dogs are very pleasant. Yeah, what, why? Same people looked like dogs. What? Where did that come from? You know, I, As I an think, insult. you know, if you think about sort of a mangy wild dog or, you know, a, a feral dog, I, you know, they are sort of scrappy Creatures. I, I think I don't think the association is necessarily with domestic pet dogs. Yeah, but even mangy dogs, you know, they they've got that. They just they've got that look in their eye. They just want to be loved. Austin, you do not faces. need to convince me, dude. 
I I am a hundred percent on board. I just you know I was I, I'm trying to I'm trying to you know give the benefit of the doubt benefit of the doubt to people who 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 use the dog analogy in a, in a negative way. Yeah, that's true. I'm trying to think of some other good cliches. Um, someone makes a fortune off of birds because uh, a bird in hand is worth two in the bush. Yeah, I'm trying to think of how that would work. I guess you go to a bush. Well, you just so you go to a bush and you and you keep trading. You keep trading up, right? So if you go to a bush and a bird in hand is worth two in the bush, you give the bush your one bird and take two. But all of a sudden now you've got two birds in your hand. So two birds in hand has got to be worth four in the bush, right? So you oh, trade yes, those two absolutely. birds for four in the bush. All of a sudden you got four birds and, and now a four Hitchcock, birds. Hitchcock movie on your hands. <laughs> Yeah, you really. Yeah, you could. You could. That that bush is going to get the raw end of the deal, but but you can you could uh, you could make a killing. Yeah, or you could go out to kind of the scrublands of Australia um, with one bird and say, "Okay, who's going to pay me the cost of two birds for this?" <laughs> <laughs> and people will just come come flocking to you. Yeah, flocking, which is a nice bird verb. Oh yeah, a a burb. <laughs> a burb. <laughs> Bird verb. That's a good band name. <laughs> good evening, everybody. Uh, thanks for coming out tonight. We're bird verb. <laughs> We're a bad verb covering cover band. Covering band. Cover band. We're opening up for Paranormal Activia. <laughs> and uh, later tonight, I know you're all here to see Band of Horses. <laughs> Let's give him a hand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I like the idea that we we make our money by going to Australia. So you know, we we discover this we discover that this this pill has this property of inverting people's appearance, their inside and outside appearance, and we we don't want to get funding from big pharma, right? You know, we don't want to be part of that industry, but we do um, need money to get things started. So we go to Australia. Because there, a bird is worth worth twice as much. A bird in a bird in, in the bush is is worth two in hand. Yeah, we don't even need a magic bean to make that happen. That's a tried and true idiom. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a cliche with a twist. Pursuant to step eight of of WikiHow's right paranormal romance. <laughs> and what's uh what's our big farmer cliche with a twist? Uh, maybe it's they, that uh maybe they just don't want it. Well, maybe. okay, so so the, the cliche laughter is the best medicine. Maybe maybe big pharma has charged started charging people to for laughter. Mmm, I like that. How does it tie in with our beans? It's, it does. <laughs> yeah, so so big pharma has become extremely corrupt, and they've started charging people to every time they laugh, you have to pay big pharma a dollar because it's the best medicine. Mmm, and it also and laughter also cures cancer. And right, yeah, it's, yeah. It's <laughs> everything's escalated in fantasy. Excellent. Okay, keep guiding us through. Sure. Sure. The next, the next step is have a key element on the paranormal and/or romance side of your story. Now, <laughs> it seems like if you're writing a paranormal no- romance, there should be a lot of key elements in both of those sides of the story. Yes. However, uh, we, you know what we haven't really discussed yet is the romance aspect. And, and I just – as I was reading this, I had an idea about the romance. Can I tell you my idea? Yes, please. Here's my idea. T and A, they both fall in love 
after so so TNA find a lot of success. Everybody's taking this this appearance inversion bean because people want their insides to be revealed. And we each we each fall in love with. Uh, well, I'll, you know, here I'll say T falls in love with a beautiful young lady. I, I don't want to say who you fall in love with because I don't want to. I don't want to, you know, put that preference on you. Right. Um, but in another cliche, T is an ass man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Our our preferences are exactly the opposite of what you might think. And yeah, so we both we both fall in love, but we don't know. What they what they look like, you know, we don't know what their true appearance is because because we don't know what we're what we're seeing is is their inside, and and we don't know what they'll be like when their their insides and outsides are reversed, right? Because right. because you know they've been taking this pill the whole time. Do you think that the pill wears off if you stop taking it, or is it kind of a permanent one and done? Austin, that's the that's the twist. It turns out after a year or something like that. The, it fades off, and you return to normal. And and the final chapter is us. We we walk into the apartment and we realize, wait a minute, wait wait a minute. This, this is not my beautiful wife. This is this this is. Well, I was I was thinking of a happy ending. Maybe we could have one happy and one sad ending. <laughs> where, <laughs> where my happy ending was going to be, wait a minute, this you know this person looks different but equally beautiful. And it turns out, so my <laughs> The person I fall in love with is she. She's going to be beautiful on the inside and outside. So the person you fall in love with is only going to be beautiful uh, on the inside. And 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 when you walk into the apartment, you're going to say, "Oh, <laughs> peace." I, I'm, I'm, oh. I'm, and I, then and then the last scene. Okay, here we go. Here we go. I turn my back on this this wonderful woman with a beautiful personality that I have rejected based on her looks. I go back to my apartment. Um, I'm standing in front of the mirror and it's time for me to re-up on my pill. So I take it and I just turn into a hideous, <gasps> a hideous monster because for what you're I just a meanie, did. And so the moral of the story is you're who you are, you, like your personality can change by what you do. Like you're, you're, you're defined by what you do. Right. Austin. Yeah, no, nothing is set. And I, I regrettably take a turn for the worse. Yes, by doing oh. something mean, you became ugly. Mm-hmm. Austin. Oh, yeah. This is going to be a magical realism, paranormal romance, moralistic tale. Yeah, it's the gift of the magi in space. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, Austin. I think that's great. Me too. I need to be writing this down. I forgot about my... <laughs> My you big golden note. Take notes all the time. Last week, which was to take notes all the time. Okay, so bush birds. Bush um, got to write that down. Yeah. Bush birds for money. Mm-hmm. That's note number one. Number two is love. Number three is your girl mm-hmm. is beautiful inside and out. Parentheses, ass man. <laughs> and mine is going to be turns back on lover when pill wears off. Closing scene. 
how sh- what help me distill the closing scene into a digestible actions, note. Actions make a ugly. Actions make him ugly. Cool. I think we're pretty close to a movie deal. Yeah. We've got the bones. Yeah. In yeah. place. I was I was talking to some some Lionsgate execs, and I I said you know Austin and I are. Austin and I are on the way to something really marketable, and you'll just have, you'll have to wait until next week to really get to the bottom of things. But but they'll be pleased. Yeah, I've been tossing around Eli Roth. If we want to kind of go, sure, a really kind of dark moralistic tale. Sure, that's actually that not a bad idea to discuss right now. Like when when this turns into a movie deal, who we want playing? Uh, oh yeah, who we want playing us. us. Yeah, because it's got to be we got to be grad students, right? Um, so. I kind of like the idea of maybe uh, what about like a Dave Franco. Ooh, for one of us. Yeah, definitely. You know, I was I was gonna say I've always been told I look sort of like a Fight Club era Brad Pitt. Okay. I've always, yeah. I've always been so told just that. like lesions yeah. all over your face. <laughs> well, I was gonna say the really awesome six pack and the dope haircut, but the lesions, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. What are some other good Brad Pitts? Maybe twelve <laughs> twelve monkeys, Brad Pitt. Sure. Yeah, like amped up on conspiracies, Brad Pitt. <laughs> Maybe okay. How about uh, how about Fight Club era Brad Pitt in looks, but that drive to discover truth. Ah, um, that's that's Twelve Monkeys, Brad Pitt. What if also, or I'm gonna, Seven, Brad Pitt? I'm I'm gonna say something, and it's maybe it'll be controversial, maybe not. You know what movie really worked? Every I'm movie ready. where Eddie Murphy played every character. Oh. What if we just have Brad Pitt play every character? Every character. But then when I transform in the mirror at the end, I am now Kevin James. <laughs> Kevin, if you're listening, I think you're a handsome man. You cannot burn our Kevin James bridge. What if, what if he's the way we get into Hollywood? I know. he's our, And he's he's like, I've been eating these things up. Oh, Episode 16. <laughs> yeah. He made it through 15 episodes. 15 and a half episodes. Obsessed with here's my number, so call me Ishmael. All of a sudden, what's this? I'm the prototypical ugly guy? Kevin, you're not an ugly guy. You're no Brad Pitt, though. You are, yeah. That I think I think anyone will admit to. Yeah. It's more of the contrast between the uh, the roles that they tend to play. Yeah. I'm, I've dug this hole too deep. <laughs> Is there something we can do with the foot and mouth cliche here? Yeah. Maybe people who constantly put their foot in their mouth when they take the pill literally have a foot in their mouth. <laughs> I kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, all their uh, their vices kind of take the form of James. Yeah. Man, I feel bad about that Kevin James comment. <laughs> I'm keeping it in. You know that I'm editing this. and I'm keeping that in just because it has spawned a, uh, an important conversation about I think it's an important conversation about celebrity more generally because people will people will say mean things about celebrities and they don't even think about the fact that they're real people. Yeah, and I'm honestly thinking if my inner beauty was turned into outer beauty, I would be 100% happy with, with Kevin James. Kevin James he is exactly. A, he is a handsome, happy guy. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I don't know the man personally. It's fully possible that he's horrible. Right. But on the outside, he's doing okay. He's doing okay. Kevin, thousand <laughs> pardons. 
Let's move on and put this also, in the headlines. Also, Brad, uh, I don't know if you've been listening, but we have been saying unequivocally positive things about you. So, uh, yeah, please finance our our film. I see you being sort of a Legends of the Fall era, Brad. Mm, I'd be okay with that. And Legends of the Fall came out around the same time as A River Runs Through It. I believe Didn't so. It? I, legend, it's that, they're both like early mid nineties. Let me let me check. Let's see. Ninety four on Legends of the Fall. And A River Runs Through It. We're looking at uh, we're looking at ninety two. Yeah. So early to mid nineties. Okay. Yeah. So pretty close. Legends of the Fall is not as good of a movie though. Yeah, um, Legends of the Fall is very it is a little weird. Yeah, I agree. Um, Brad, don't don't take Br- that. Brad, yeah, oh, Brad, I'm so listen, Brad. Your body of work, excellent. Your body of body, also excellent. It just you know there you're going to be a couple duds. When you throw that many darts at the wall, one of them's going to miss. You know. What subversion of a cliche? Very nice. good, Tony. Nice. You're thinking. You're thinking in subverted cliches right now. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I'm. I'm trapped now in this mindset. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I think we got something good here, Tony. I think we do too. I'm, so we only have one more step in the in writing paranormal romance, and then we're gonna we're gonna finish up and learn how to turn this thing into a bestseller, and then we'll be done, huh? Yeah, I think so. So the last step in writing a paranormal romance is create. Or let someone create a cover and show it to the world. So I think maybe, you know, we got Anna to design our, our, our logo for this podcast. I wonder maybe if we just let her make the cover for the book. Well, we still haven't gotten her her button yet. So I don't know if we're in her good graces at the moment. We get her the button. when we del- As we're delivering the button, so at peak good graces, we say, hey, Anna, we want to make a book. And, and we want you to draw – we want you to draw a, a – a bean, and then like an ugly m- m- lady and an ugly man, and and then kind of superimposed on everything is just Brad Pitt. <laughs> it's just a giant Brad Pitt. Okay, done. Okay. Oh, actually, you know, what? I take back my idea. What I suggest is it's the cover of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. It's the co- it's that album cover, but every head is is Brad Pitt. Yeah, I like that. Okay. And uh, that'll spawn some conspiracies about Brad being dead. <laughs> Excellent. So that's that's the final step in writing paranormal romance. It's it's Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band with Brad Pitt. Uh, so now let's let's go back to uh, let's go back to to turning this thing into a, a, a dang bestseller. Yeah, how do we push this paper? How to push that paper? So I'm gonna I'm gonna rush through a couple of these steps. You know, one step is is go over the work thoroughly. I I think we've done that. It says remove stuff that is fluff, bloat, nonsense, or simply adds nothing special. There is no such thing in in our work. No, never. We we cut that as we go. Have the work reviewed by colleagues, coworkers, and acquaintances. What are we doing with this podcast? But doing that. Yeah, we are we are crowdsourcing. We are asking for feedback. Now here's a step that. We, I want to linger on for a second here. Let's try to come up with a unique or catchy title for your book. The image, <laughs> the image for this step is a drawing of a piece of paper with writing on it. And written on it is the best novel ever, an amazing book, greatest book in the world, finest title ever, wonderful book, and an amazing book is circled in green. 
Now, I think we can do better than that. Maybe an amazing book about magical beans? Yeah. Um, not since... And you gotta, you gotta say it in that critic way. Not since Jack and the Beanstalk have we seen such a vivid account of bean play. And that's the, t- the title is Not Since Jack and the Beanstalk Have We Seen Such a... Oh, man. We're on title, aren't we? Yeah. I was thinking we're on those things that... Uh, well, that's, that's why it's say. funny. That's why it's weird that they chose these as example titles. Like, but I do think it would be very funny as not, not since Jack and the Beanstalk have we seen such scintillating bean play. <laughs> I write it down. <laughs> Jack and Beanstalk. Okay, continue while I, while I type this. Yeah. The, the, the last word of advice that they give is put some effort into the title, but not all your spare time. So I think we've put a you know, I think we've put effort into it, but not all our spare time. So I think we're about at the right about at the right level. And we have a title. Yeah. Um I'm gonna put bean play as one word because that yeah. makes me laugh. Yeah. No hyphen. No hyphen. Oh wow, it didn't get corrected by uh I guess that's rule thirty four, huh? <laughs> yeah, Microsoft Word would have corrected it, but not Google Docs. <laughs> um I think we're ready to go to uh you know, the kind of the prototypical bestseller in the Christian school professional writing world is Jerry B. Jenkins. Yeah. Um, and I think he'd be into this idea. Yeah. Um, if we just included some kind of Mark of the Beast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> addendums. Austin, I need, need to read this next step to you. <clears throat> the first sentence is, Submit your book to a journalist who has a good reputation who does not trample author's work. The second oh sentence is, maybe this does not seem specific. WikiHow, that seems too specific. That's very specific. That's, like, that's like uncomfortably specific. Like you wrote that first sentence with one person in mind. And who's that person? Just that friend that likes every movie? I guess. But it has to be a journalist who has a good reputation. I've, I've built my long, my long reputation um, off of liking everything equally forever. <laughs> I never met a story I didn't like. I read like. four stars. And thus, and thus I have become a journalist with a good reputation. <laughs> The next section, part five, is entirely dedicated to be humble. Oh, sit down. I'm going to skip because it has dumb advice like let your editor rip the work to pieces, make essential <laughs> changes, etc. The – I believe the last section here. Let me make sure that this is actually the last section. Yeah, the last section here, Austin, we're going to wrap things up with this, is publishing and, and waiting. And – you know, the first step in that is decide how the book will be published. This includes e-books, self-publishing, renowned publisher, etc. Who do you think is going to publish this book? I don't know about a publisher. Maybe Penguin. Sure. But for a cover, I really want that. Uh, I really want that kind of Ouroboros from the cover of Neverending Story. <laughs> well, so whoever made, whoever made that, sure. I want that to be the hard the hard cover. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's look up who published Neverending Story. Let me guess. Um, Harper. Okay. Uh, oh, here's an interesting thing that I did not know. It is originally a German fantasy novel that mm. was translated in 1983. 
Um, Die Underleck Gescheit? Yes. You're, you're German. It's very good, Austin. <laughs> oh, man. My, my Googling. My Googling. Very good. I've actually read that book. It's, uh, it's quite different from the film. It's one of those books that the, the book and the film have their own joys. Yeah. Kind of like Lord of the Rings, I think. Yeah. You don't. You like them both for different reasons. Definitely. Who published it? Uh, let's see here. The 2003 version was published by AVA International, which is a German publishing house. Having trouble finding who published the original version. Uh, I'm, oh, here I'm we go. Publisher. Uh, so originally published in 1979. The publisher is Thienemann Verlag. <laughs> that is T-H-I-E-N-E-M-A-N-N-V-E-R-L-A-G. Two words. And the illustrator was... Rosvitha Quadflieg. Oh man! You ever see like a? You ever see a German name that uh, kind of just you know that's where the stereotypes came from? <laughs> you mean literally every German name I see? I know because I mean look at the author, Michael Ende. Yeah, that's an Ralph, and the translator, you know, Ralph Mannheim. Yeah. Those are both. Those are both pretty easy to digest. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good point. But not Feynman Verlag and <laughs> Roswitha Quadflieg. Man, I'm looking at these character names, and I'm being, I'm getting a nostalgia flood from my days of watching the movie Neverending Story as a child. <gasps> Say my name, Bastion. Artax. Do you remember what her name is? I don't know if they actually make it vocal in the film, but yeah. in the book. Do you know what it is? Accor- well, according to the Wikipedia page. Don't. Austin, I literally just told you I was looking at the character list on the Wikipedia yeah, that's, page. That's Did true. Like... It's Moonchild. Yes. They might say that in the movie. I don't remember. Well, he yells it out the window, but it kind of sounds like, Yeah. You know? I'll try you! Artax! Artax! Man, that's a good movie. It's a great movie. It, uh, I would watch that again. And it kind of has a, a title that's that's not dissimilar from our title in that it's sort of a self-referential title, The Never-Ending Story. Right. It's also interesting. To, not similar to Not Since Jack and the Beanstalk Have We Seen Such Scintillating Beanplay. <laughs> uh, that's the title of this episode. <laughs> Perfect. Um, I've, uh, I've never written the episode titles based on things we've said. They've always kind of just been like separate puns. Yeah. But I'm glad we're at that podcast, that comedy podcast level. Right. Yeah. Where it's our jokes to the point where are... we can quote ourselves in the own in the title. <laughs> um, one interesting thing before we before we put the cap on Beanplay is that the Neverending Story film, uh, the E in Neverending is capitalized. Never. Um, while in the book, Neverending yeah, is one. I'm seeing that story. now. In fact, all the E's in Neverending are capitalized. Never. So it kind of looks like the never-ending story. <laughs> Do you... Austin, can we pause for a second? Do you pronounce capital E's differently than you pronounce lowercase E's? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> capital... We all know that capital means a long E. <laughs> and lowercase means a short E. I mean, it's right there in the letter. It's one's longer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good. I... I want to close us close us off with the final step in WikiHow article how to write a bestseller, and that step is start writing a sequel. 
So Austin, for, you know, uh, next time we meet, I'll I'll have a I'll have a sequel called Not Since Jack and the Beanstalk Have We Seen Such Scintillating Golden Egg Play. Oh, egg play. Yeah, that'd be a good restaurant breakfast restaurant name. <laughs> egg, yeah, yeah, maybe a maybe like a, a, a hot a hot brunch spot downtown. Hey, have you guys ever been to Egg Play? <laughs> oh my gosh, no, is it good? Oh yeah, I mean. Yeah, they got these. They got these egg ball gags. <laughs> They're pretty easy. It's a easy boiled to... egg that they strap to your mouth <laughs> with bacon strips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I go to a bondage themed egg <laughs> and, and a breakfast bondage themed restaurant. <sighs> <laughs> Good. Well, I'm glad that that's where this conversation ended. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, oh. You gotta, you gotta get off and get that scrilla. You gotta tell people about the way that you push a shopping cart through the aisles. I gotta tell people, gotta tell people why I buy my birds, buy my <laughs> eggs. Can't wait. Can you, at some point during this focus group, do a like mime yourself shopping, like pushing a cart and taking things off the shelf and looking at them? <laughs> oh, what's what's this? <laughs> what do we have here? A brand cereal. <laughs> you break character for a moment. Yeah, I when I go shopping, I pretend to be a 1930s oil magnate. <laughs> <laughs> go for a real W.C. Fields. <laughs> what do we have here? Yeah, what do we got here? <laughs> eggs, see? Hey, what? I always buy a dozen eggs at a time, see? <laughs> Ten to eight, one to stuff in my mouth, see? <laughs> Oh, as an aside, yes, I am into egg play. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyone's interesting, interested after this. Look at me in the eyes when I say that. I'm into egg play. <laughs> oh, beautiful. <laughs> Very good. Uh, well, this... I'm gonna I'm gonna tag this episode bondage as well. <laughs> um, see see if we can scrounge up some new listeners. Yeah, maybe we can break into the Fifty Shades of Grey market <clears throat> a little bit. Yeah. Good, Austin. This this has been just a, a grand old time. Oh, it's been such a nice little aside from our normal our normal routine, which is also great. Which is also I'm excited to get back into that. Something new to try. I I want to say thank you to Jude for providing what this episode is only going to be our outro music, and I and I want to thank Austin Sisson for for writing our intro music today. Oh, thank you, thank you. Do you want to give a brief story of the the creative process behind that music? Oh, yes. I was uh, bored at my old desk job, and uh, during my lunch break, um, I was in the middle of Stranger Things, um, so I pulled up GarageBand um, and cranked something out. Um, Yeah. It took me way longer than my lunch break, so I did not give (laughs) much. I was going to say, that was just a single lunch break product. That was was a very productive lunch break, but... You know the creative process. You can't. Uh, you can't tame it. Right. You can't. You can't. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for making that intro music. And maybe who knows if we're lucky, we'll get more, more music from Austin. And uh, we also want to thank Anna on the topic of creative contributions to this podcast. She made the logo for us. We want to thank you, the listener, for contributing to the creative process on the receiving end. Uh, you, you're our mirrors. You are the the society that we are mirroring back at you. So you, you in in some way are this podcast. We're just, we're just Austin and I are just standing here holding up mirrors, and you're the one who's walking up to it and looking into the mirror. 
And you are beautiful inside and out. And you every are, one of you. Every last one of you is beautiful inside and out. Austin, do we have any other business to, you know, oh, uh, rate, review, subscribe, iTunes, we're on Google Play, you can go directly to our Libsyn page if you want, just just find a way to to, to get us out there and, and tell your friends, I, I just last night was talking with my friend Tyler and he was saying that he enjoyed it and was telling people about it, which I really, really appreciate and, you know, we're making this because it's fun, but also because it's it's fun to have people listen to it and, and things like that so uh indeed do you have any business austin no business uh if you want a button hit us up yeah i'm sure that most people who listen to this have our contact info yes if you don't we have an email address so call me ishmael at gmail.com yes all one word all no special punctuation or anything uh same t- uh same handle for our twitter account and if you don't know how to spell Ishmael, read a book. Read a book for once. For once in your life, read a book. But don't read Moby Dick. You should read Never Before or Not Not Since uh, Jack, Not Since Jack, Jack and the Beanstalk. Beanstalk. Have we seen such scintillating bean play? Read that book, and we'll we'll make sure to name, include a character named Ishmael in there. And um, in a subversion of cliche, he hates it and does not want you to call him that. <laughs> he insists on going by his middle name. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, and goodbye.